enjoy listening to episodes in English, please skip to the next episode. Hello, everybody. My name is Larissa Davila, and I am part of La Incubadora Podcast. La Incubadora Podcast is part of Economic Growth Business Incubator, a local nonprofit that helps uh, small business owners and small businesses um, develop with training, coaching, and support. If you would like to get more information about EGBI, you can visit us at egbi.org, the egbi.org. And today we have a very special episode from our friends from A Better Force. Um, it is uh, related to, you know, to finding your voice as a small business owners because as a, to finding your voice as a small business owners because when we start a project or a business, sometimes we go through a lot of hesitation and uh, we have a hard time protecting our business or even even selling or trying to explain to other people what our business um, is about. So it is very important that we find our voice and we are able to both sell and protect our business. So today we invited the co-founders of the uh, organization, A Better Force, Samia and Sara Serrach, to share with us the insights of the topic. A Better Force is a company that was created to empower individuals and companies to transform themselves through customized leadership and professional development programs. Their training is tailored to fit the unique needs of their clients with an emphasis on well-being, equity, and step-by-step -step actionable solutions. Being a woman and a minority-owned business, they have a special focus on empowering women and people of color and also the immigrant community. Samia Serach is the co-founder and CEO of A Better Force, She graduated from the University of Texas, Austin with a PhD in civil engineering in 2014. And after her PhD, she worked for five years in the construction industry, improving safety and quality standards on construction sites. While working in the industry, Samia realized that there was a lack of effective leadership training, which also took systematic inequities into account. She started hosting workshops and conversations around the topic, which eventually led to the creation of A Better Force, She's passionate about empowering individuals, especially people of color, and helping companies create a thriving and equity work culture. She currently lives in Austin, Texas, and is a recent survivor of Hodgkin's lymphoma. Sara Sarash is the co-founder and chief technology officer of A Better Force. She graduated with a bachelor's and master's degree in civil engineering from the University of Texas in Austin, but transitioned into the field of psychology when she realized engineering problems had social and psychological aspects that were often ignored in traditional solutions. This led her to her doctoral degree in social psychology at the University of Texas, Austin, where her research focused on social upheals of cultural changes and racial issues. Her current work at A Better Force focuses on leading training sessions, consulting with businesses on workplace culture, and incorporating the latest research in organizational psychology especially language-based data analysis into our suggested solutions. She is currently based in Austin, Texas, and she loves reading and writing fiction in her leisure time. So well, welcome, ladies. Thank you Hi. for having us. Great, great. It's a pleasure to have you all here. And in the last few months, we have been um, having conversations about um, the work that uh, A Better Force does, and I'm really, really happy that uh, we were able to schedule this episode because I think the information that um, 
that is that that you all provide is very valuable for small business owners and so welcome welcome and uh, can you please tell us a little bit more about your story and how do you decided to open uh, your company yeah so early on in our engineering careers uh, my sister and i we started looking at leadership courses to complement our technical training one of the things we saw is you know, the problems that we were seeing at work or on construction sites, it had solutions outside of engineering in with more effective communication or management. But then when we started looking at leadership courses, we were a little disappointed because we felt that they had feel-good messages that were effective in the short run, but I didn't think that they would lead to long-term effective change. And so... The other thing we also noticed was the trainings were not catered to, you know, BIPOC or women of color because we often have unique barriers or, you know, unique structural barriers in our careers and personal life. And so some of the solutions that the leadership trainings were offering were impractical. And so from that, we decided as immigrants and as women of color, we wanted to bring our unique voice to the leadership and training world. And that's how A Better Force got developed. And what our vision is, is we want to serve underserved communities with practical and you know, scientific and data-backed solutions. Great. Um, and, and well, great that you developed, not so great that there's an, a need to do this, right? But um, it's, as you say, it is really important. And we also see it in, we see it in big corporations. And then we also see it in mid-size and small businesses, even though they're not as big, the, the inequities and the discrepancies can be a lot harsher because they're like in, in, in smaller groups. But it is very important that there's more awareness of it. Can can you tell can can you tell us a little bit of the services that you offer? Sure. Um, so we offer one-on-one -on -one coaching for individuals and business leaders. Uh, we do customized workshops for companies, both uh, you know small, mid-size, and big corporations. Uh, and finally, we do uh, management and data consulting to empower businesses. Uh, in terms of some of the topics that we focus on, our personal Uh, development topics include building confidence, overcoming fears, understanding core values and other tools for crafting a better life. And as Samia mentioned, in all of these trainings, we do have an equity focus uh, uh, where we essentially incorporate the experiences of different underserved groups. On the professional side, we offer training on effective time management, ethical leadership and creating an engaged and more motivated workforce. And then uh, we wanted to mention some of our signature workshops because that's our bread and butter. Uh, our signature workshops, uh, they're on anti-racism and, and equity, and they include how to be a better, more effective anti-racist ally, uh, finding your authentic voice as a person of color, which is kind of our uh, focus during the podcast today. Uh, and also learning how to counter Islamophobia. Um, I mentioned data consultancy earlier, and through that, we review proposals and company policies to help businesses be more equitable. And we love this part in particular because while training is super important, so people 
learn what they need to do. Real long-term change can't really happen until the companies work on incorporating those lessons into their business practices. Yes, it's it's very important. And um, it's it, and sometimes as a leader, you want to, so as a leader of your own business, as, as the business owner, you want to provide your, your group with, um, with a safe space to thrive and sometimes if you don't if you don't have the proper training it can um, it's, it's difficult right so it's good that uh, leaders are investing their time on learning how to be better leaders and how to be inclusive in, in creating the safe space where people can thrive right related to what you're saying Larissa, I think uh, that's that also when uh, leaders, give the time and space to have more inclusive spaces, uh, people feel safe in that company and they're more likely to stay for long-term. And that ultimately saves companies money because you know if you, uh, if you lose employees because they don't feel safe, uh, you're losing so much knowledge and in-house knowledge and you have to like spend money again, training new individuals. So I think the business case for having these types of services are, um, uh, and these types of like spending the effort on it is really clear. And also helping. So once once we learn to to use our voice, it's so it's it's two parts, right? We need to learn to use our voice, and we learn have to learn to create the safe space for our employees to use their voice as well. Because you may have very good talent who may quit because they don't feel safe. Or you could have very good talent who doesn't use their, who won't use their voices because they don't feel comfortable, right? So if you have, if you hire people for their brain, for their ideas, for their input into the company, and as a leader you don't know how to, how to get that, um, provide the safe space for people to share their voices, then I think you're also not getting 100% of your investment, right? So. It is, it is very strategic for business owners to also pay attention into this, right? Exactly. And um, so what, one of the questions that I have for you to, today is um, why is it so hard to be assertive as, as a minority, as a person of color, as a woman? How, why is it so hard to be assertive for your own business? That's actually a great question. And the answer is kind of the harsh reality of our situation. Because when we speak up as women or as women of color or as immigrants, oftentimes we're dismissed or not taken seriously. I've lost the number of times when, you know, black or brown women have spoken up only for someone to say, oh, you know, are, are you sure that happened to you? Are you sure you're not misunderstanding? Or worse, they'll try to make excuses for the person who's causing the harm, you know, you know, dismissing thing, you know, saying dismissing things like, oh, I'm sure they didn't mean anything by it, you know? They're a very nice person. And so those are some of the things we try to teach in our courses and workshops that you can still be nice and still have bias and still not be inclusive. And so when the reality of our world is that our society is trying to erase our voices and erase our experiences, 
it gets hard to constantly speak up because it's like going against a tide. And, you know, research has shown because women of color are constantly under stress, it leads to adverse health outcomes for us, you know, things like having high blood pressure or developing uh, heart diseases and things like that. Exactly. I was part of a group a few, a few months ago. Um, I, I was taking a, a training and I was part of a group and they were all really nice. But whenever I gave my opinion, they were, they said, that is great. We're going to put it on the appendix. So I kept on giving my input and I knew it was good input, but I, I saw that my counterparts didn't, didn't, um, I, I don't think that they heard what I was saying. So, or they didn't even take the time to do it. So it, it just kept, they just kept on saying, yeah, we're going to add that to the appendix. And then if we need it, we're going to bring it up. So by the time, by the end of the training, I was like, why, why would I even talk if they're just going to put it onto the appendix? But, um, I don't think that they meant any harm by it. And I, it, we weren't going to last such a long time that I didn't see the need of making it a, a making a point of telling them, Hey, everything I say, you're going to put it on the appendix or what? So I was just like, I'm not going to waste the time on it. But, um, so it's little things like that, that, uh, people don't get to spend the time to figure out why they don't see why, why, why they don't feel like it's relevant that could um, jeopardize their whole project. So people will sh just shut down, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's difficult to speak up, especially when, if you're the only person of color in the room and everyone else is seeing something differently. Um, you know, a personal experience that I had recently um, is I was going through a cancer treatment, but it took a long time for the diagnosis because my pain just kept getting dismissed. And research has shown that often when women of color talk about their pain, it gets ignored. Or, you know, I, I'm a young mom. And so when I would go to doctors with symptoms, they would just say, oh, these are just postpartum hormones. And it took 15 months for me to get my cancer diagnosis. Uh, and by that time, the cancer had spread everywhere. And so, you know, sometimes for you know, women of color learning how to speak up and use our voice and keep advocating for ourselves can be a matter of life and death. It was for me. That is, that is, um, that is harsh, but that's the reality, right? And there's, there's several books. I've heard of several books that um, talk about how the pain of women and people of color is dismissed. And um, I don't know if you have any, literature that you would like to share with us in the future but if you have any uh, please send that to us and we can share with uh, the people that are listening to this episode so that they can uh, read a little bit more about it um, um, oh um Larissa I was just thinking um, a colleague of mine uh, Dave Markowitz he's a, a language-based researcher and he actually uh, did studies of physicians notes um, at hospitals and he looked at the same physician, how they talk about their uh, uh, their patients who are uh, people of color uh, versus, let's say, a white man. And um, use some of the things that uh, Samia was talking about, dismissing uh, the pain of women, uh, he actually, using data, saw that in this research. And it was like thousands of doctor's notes 
Um, and it was really validating seeing that because, you know, you can't really look away from the data. So, um, yeah, uh, essentially what would happen is that when, uh, let's say, a man was uh, talking about the same, same illness, uh, they were taking seriously, uh, they were given medication, but, uh, but for a woman, especially women of color, it was more likely to be seen as like, oh, they're like, um, it was seen, they're seen as more emotional or like maybe um, not experiencing as much pain. Uh, and yeah, it was really like alarming seeing the statistics. Yes, but happy to share that uh, article with you if you'd like. Yes, because as Samia say, says, it could be a matter of life and death. I, I saw, um, I, I read about the studies that you're saying. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that you have more, but um, I'm going to share right now the a book that I, I read by Soraya, Soraya Shemali. And her book is uh, Rage Becomes Her, The Power of Women's Anger. And in that book, um, she she speaks about the, the statistics that you're giving. It may not be the same article, but it's another one that um, does provide um, details on how the, sometimes pain will be dismissed as trying to call attention or trying or just being weak and uh, not not thinking that the pain is real. But um, yeah, that's one of them. And if you could share more um, information about it, then we would appreciate that. Um, can you give me a couple of tips to overcome the fear of, or, of speaking up to clients or maybe um, tips to overcome the fear of just speaking up and advocating for oneself on, um, on what you're feeling and your thoughts and your, what you're experiencing? Sure. Uh, and uh, first, I do want to validate the fear because uh, the fear is real because as BIPOC or immigrants, speaking up can uh, sometimes cause you to be put into trouble. Uh, some people get fired because they uh, speak up in their workplaces and people don't like people who move against the tide, right? Um, and that's why, and I mean, this is kind of what we were talking about. Um, it's that's why it's so important to believe in yourself because you know uh like all people won't people will uh you will receive backlash in in these situations but if you believe in your work and your integrity when someone questions you or your work you can um counter it because you know the quality of your work and uh that you gave it your best It also really helps to find your tribe. Um, and this is essentially having a supportive community of allies who will help uplift you, validate you, and help you when people treat you poorly. Um, and this helps because, you know, when you're constantly facing backlash, sometimes people start questioning themselves like, oh, was I in the wrong? Maybe I did misunderstand something like if you're constantly hearing those things it's normal to start questioning yourself but that's why having a co community of people who help you uplift you and validate you is really important uh the other thing that really helps is practice like if you if someone is breaking your boundaries or not treating you poorly then you might need to have a difficult conversation but knowing what you're going to say in advance 
uh, really helps because when you're in the moment, it's easy to forget the words in a charge situation. Um, and that's why we always recommend with our clients, like for this difficult conversation, uh, practice with friends, practice in a mirror, then when during the situation, it'll be like second nature. Yeah. And we actually go through that in our workshop. We have like a list of like helpful phrases and strategies that you can use. And these are very simple sentences to inter help interrupt the bias, right? For example, saying, can you explain what you meant by that? Just something to speak up because a lot of times, as Sarah was saying in these situations, we tend to freeze up and we tend to become silent. And so having simple, effective phrases that interrupt the bias and practicing those ahead of time can help you to not stay silent. That is that is really good. And I'll give you, in, in my case, um, when I've been working on being assertive for probably about more than 10 years, because I realized that, uh, so I, what, what I would think was, oh, he was really, he was really hurtful or she was really mean to me. But, uh, so by me staying quiet and not saying anything, this person is going to know that they were inappropriate and next time they're going to think it twice before being hurtful and and instead of decreasing the amount of um, aggressive or passive aggressiveness they it started to escalate and by the time I tried to assess or try to fix the issue it was already too big to be just left to, to not have a like very very big difficult conversation so by talking to mentors and by reading and by talking to psychologists, um, what I learned was that I, whenever I saw, so whenever I saw that something happened and I didn't have the way to control it, what I would do, what I would have to do is understand that people are cyclical. So if they did it once, they're going to do it more than likely. They're going to do it again and again and again. And every time it's going to get bigger. So what I would do is whenever I felt that something was hurtful or it stayed with me, um, the next time, like you said, I would have a comeback for that. And and as you said, so explain to me what you meant by that or just something. As, I, I, I started by using really short sentences. For example, um, what you said is hurtful or what, what you said is inappropriate or I don't I, I don't appreciate what you said. And um, why? Because it's racist or because it's, um, you, you know, so just if I if I if I try to give a big explanation, then uh, my feelings, my emotions can take over. And so what I what I do is I do short sentences that say what you said hurt or what you said was uncalled for. And with that, I would um, I, I, I just made um. So I, I just set a precedent to that person that it, that what they said was hurtful. And in business, it doesn't matter if they're your client, your provider, your employee, or your boss. You need to say something because otherwise this person is going to come again and again and again. Um, do, do, do you have any insights for that? I think... Boundaries is very important, right? Because when you allow 
someone, anyone, you know, whether, you know, as you were saying, whether it's um, someone that you work with or your client or even your loved ones, if you don't place boundaries, it's going to start depleting your energy levels. It's going to start, you know, people, when they do things against their will, you sort of start to burn out. And so we actually have, you know, a separate workshop on boundaries and it's actually coming up, uh, you know, in the holiday season, boundaries are a very big issue. So we have a workshop on boundaries that sort of helps people understand why boundaries are necessary. And then we go through the steps of how to place a boundary. And that's to kind of get very clear with yourself why you're placing the boundary because first if you get clear on why you're placing the boundary you can sort of overcome the guilt that comes and then you also have to write down the consequence if the person violates the boundary because let's say you place a boundary but the person always you know violates it and crosses over and you don't have any consequences for that person then they're going to keep violating it so it's important to set the boundary, get clear on why you set it, and then write down if this person violates this boundary, then what are the consequences? And it can be, you know, I, you know, I'm not going to be on a project with them, or I'm not going to take this client on for other services, or, you know, just, just something to ensure that your dignity is not violated constantly, especially, you know, in matters of um, sexism and racism and discrimination. And ageism, right? And ageism, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, another point related uh, is the, I know this is going to sound cliche, but believing in yourself, because when someone is treating you poorly, uh, sometimes as immigrants or women of color, our instinct is to blame ourselves. Like, oh, maybe I should have phrased it better, or maybe I could have done something differently. Like, like I have suffered from this. My instinct is constantly to blame myself. But if you know yourself and your worth and your own work ethic, you're not going to question yourself when you know you did everything you could, you know? So um, like, it's really important to believe in yourself and love yourself and know your worth so that you can stand up for yourself in these situations. And it does get better with practice. The more you do it, the more you get courage from your. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? Uh, the fear of losing a client or losing a provider or losing a, a job should be overcome because um, it's better to not have that client and use the time exactly. and the energy to find a better clients than having to deal with someone that doesn't respect what you do, your trade, or what you do so it's always best to speak up and for the most part you will find that um people didn't know that they were being um, hurtful right so it's always better to speak up and and not to be and to trust as you say trust your work trust the value of your products your services your skills your talents and be very assertive in the early stages and say you know what this doesn't work for me yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's an excellent point. Yeah. What would you what you what would you like ladies like for people that are listening to us? What would you like them to take away from today's episode? What is something that you would like them to take with them um, from this conversation that they will use to have 
better quality of life, better quality of business, better, better quality of clients. I'm going to echo something that Sarah said, and that's to believe in yourself. Uh, in this world, your identity and your voice and your unique perspective is important. And so if you don't tell your story, you know, people are going to miss out. You know, you have a gift to share with this world. And so share it. And it will also give other people the courage to open up about their experiences. You know, when they see when they see you, you know, battling against the tide, you know, being authentic in your voice, they will find the courage to also share their stories. And so you create like a, a ripple effect. And, you know, with when we share our authenticity, when we share diverse voices, that's when the world truly becomes more beautiful. Thank you. Sarah, what would you like us to, what would you like people to take with them? Um, yeah, I feel like Samia um, shared like my sentiment perfectly, but um, to echo what she said, like you deserve to tell your story just as much as anyone else. And that's kind of why my sister and I opened uh, our business because we want to help uplift other women, other people of color and other immigrants. Um, we don't the, the the demographics that we serve, we don't see enough of their messages and we need more of it. And uh, if no one else is uplifting you, we will. Um, and I think it's also important to find communities that will support and uplift you, uh, like Egby. Um, you know, Egby and Larissa have been champions for our organization. And um, you can find other organizations and communities that will help you and validate you and um, give you the space you deserve. Thank you. Thank you very much. Where can we find you, ladies? Um, you can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, Instagram. And uh, typically, if you search a better force, uh, you'll find us. But you can also contact us on our website, which is uh, betterforce.com. And honestly, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, we can always do a 30-minute free consultation with you to see if any of our services would be useful to you. So feel free to contact us. And we uh, have other free services that you can utilize as well. Okay. And we have a free book club to uplift uh, authors who are women of color. So we'd love for you to join that. Absolutely. So who should find, who should reach out to you? Um, would it be, so what is the type of client that would benefit from you? Is it a professional, business owner, an employee, um, someone in, in the student, a student who can reach out to, who would benefit from your services? I think we have a very wide spectrum of clients, um, both individuals and businesses and business owners. Um, anyone who thinks that, you know, they want to learn more, you know, about how to find their authentic voice and live their life according to their values, I think would benefit from our services. Uh, so yes, you know, if you're an individual or a business owner or, you know, uh, a business itself that wants our training, uh, we'd be happy to customize uh, our services for you. For businesses, typically um, there are businesses who are look, looking to make their workplace more equitable um, and have better workplace culture, um, take our trainings. Perfect. 
Perfect. Well, absolutely. Well, thank you, ladies, for your time. It, it was very, it's a very powerful conversation. And it is a conversation that we need to have. As small business owners, we need to find our voice and we need to learn to create the space for our stakeholders to also speak up and provide, I mean, say, say their thoughts, say, to be, be validated, right? So thank you. Thank you very much for your time today. And for the people that are listening to us, we hope that you found this episode useful. And if you know of someone who would benefit from listening to this episode, please share the link with them. And remember that Lancuadora podcast is part of the Economic Growth Business Incubator, a small business incubator in Central Texas that offers training, coaching, and support to small business owners with barriers to achieving success. If you would like to learn more about our services, please visit us at egbi.org and see you soon. Thank you. Thank you.